So I'm going to speak to you on the subject, increase to overflow. Increase to overflow. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10, it says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That word knowledge is epinosis. It is exact knowledge. It is concise knowledge. It really is knowledge that is revealed to your spirit or revelation knowledge. This is a prayer that we pray for you on a continual basis. In verse 10, it says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. It pleases the Lord when we are walking in and living in revelation knowledge. Being fruitful in every good work. Now notice this. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's vital that we know the will of God. Last week we talked about when we look at Jesus, we can follow his teachings, we can follow his life, his example, and we can know the will of God by watching him. You know, he didn't come down from heaven to do his own thing. He came down from heaven to do the will of him that sent him. Amen? He said in one portion of scripture, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So whatever we see Jesus do, we know that's the will of God. He rose up on the day of uh, uh, Shabbat in the synagogue and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up those that are wounded. He has given me the anointing to do so. So it must be the will of God, amen, for the poor not to be poor no more. It must be the will of God for those that are broken in heart to be whole again. Now, we don't minimize the fact that people are hurting. We don't minimize the fact that people have been broken and that they need wholeness in their lives. But thank God the anointing is there, the the, the compassion is there, and the goodness of God is there to lift people out of that place into a place of wholeness. And we also found out that we can discover the will of God by looking at the Word of God. Faith begins where the Word of God or the will of God is known. So it behooves us to become very familiar with what the Word of God says to us. And then we looked at Abraham. Abraham had a promise from God. Abraham was told that he would become the father of many nations. Abraham had a choice to make. He could consider his own body. He could have staggered at the promise of God through unbelief. But instead, he considered not. And he staggered not. And he became stronger and stronger in faith as he gave glory to God. So Abraham was convinced. He was fully persuaded. He was completely sure. And the way that you and I can become fully persuaded is, number one, know what he said. Number two, believe and say what he said. That's easy, isn't it? Number uh, number two is meditate on the word of God. Number three is believe and say what he said. And then number four is act on what he said. So how did Abraham act? He acted by considering not and staggering not and giving glory to God. Now, it's very possible for us to be fully persuaded in one area and not so fully persuaded in another area. How many of you know that beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're saved? What about the rest of you? 
Well, we'll give an altar call later. Now, that was just a delayed reaction there. No, you know that you know that you're saved. How do you know that you're saved? Because the Bible tells you so. You know that you're saved because when you called upon the name of the Lord, He saved you, He raised you, He put you into right standing with God. Say it with me, I'm saved. And I know I'm saved. Amen. Now here's another area, like healing, for example. We can also become fully persuaded in that area. Say this to me, God wants me well, and God wants me whole. Now in 3 John verse 2, notice this verse. 3 John verse 2, he said, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper. Prosper is not a bad word. It's the will of God. But notice, and be in health, even as what? Even as thy soul prospers. Now, our souls will prospers, prosper as we feed on Scripture pertaining to divine health. Oh, there's a ton of Scriptures that say that by His stripes you're healed. But now notice in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, it tells us God's prescription, if you will, for divine health and divine healing. He begins by saying, my son, in verse 20, attend to my words. Put my words first place. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear to what? My sayings. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Next verse. And then he goes on to say, let them not depart from before thine eyes. So important to think about and to meditate on and keep the word of God before our eyes. Amen. One translation says, don't lose sight of them. The message says, keep my message in plain view at all times. Keep your eyes trained on the Word of God. The NLT says, let them penetrate deep into your heart. Keep His Word, verse 21, in the midst of thine heart. When you do that, God's Word will get into your heart. And then from your heart, things will begin to increase. You'll increase in the knowledge of God. You will increase in the knowledge of the scriptures concerning health and healing. Amen? Amen. And there'll come a time what's happening on the inside of you will show up on the outside. And you will experience an overflow and a harvest of divine health and divine healing for your entire life. Now that does not mean that we're not going to deal with symptoms. That does not mean that we're not going to deal with circumstances. But we're not persuaded by those things. We're fully persuaded by what thus saith the Lord concerning our health and concerning our healing. Now, one thing that we can do is we can charge the atmosphere of our home with healing scriptures. Just yesterday in my home, I put Dodie Osteen on. Dodie Osteen was healed of terminal cancer. And she's got about a hundred or so scriptures that she just reads every day, every day. It's on YouTube. You just go on YouTube and you put Dodie Osteen, healing scriptures. As a matter of fact, they keep playing it over and over again. It's about seven hours. And so what I do when I'm working out sometimes, I put Dodie on. I work out with Dodie. 
and I hear the word. I'm inclining my ear to my saints. I'm keeping it in the midst of my heart. Because I know that the enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So what I'm doing is filling myself up with the word of life, with the word of health. Praise the Lord. I'm increasing in the knowledge of God and I'm experiencing overflow and you can too in your life. Somebody say amen. Now notice verse 22. It says that for they are, for they are life unto those that find them. And what? Health or medicine to all their flesh. So I want to encourage you, keep making those deposits in your spirit in this area. Increase more and more and you will experience an overflow of divine health. One person said this, the result of sowing the word of God of healing into your heart will be an abundant overflow of healing in your body. Amen. Now, another area that we need to meditate on, on a continual basis, is scriptures on the peace of God. There's so much temptation for fear out there. There's so much temptation for anxiety there. But the Spirit of the Lord sang through Pastor Tom to to say today, I've got your tomorrow. Amen. Just knowing that puts us in a place of ease and a place of rest. We don't worry about tomorrow. But now you've got to maintain your stance against fear. You've got to maintain your stance against anxiety. Because things come up. How many of you know things come up? Circumstances come up. Imaginations come strongholds try to take place in our soul, right? And that's why it's so important for us to just get saturated in the Word of God, saturated by the Spirit of God, meditating on scriptures pertaining to your peace. One scripture says this. He says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So his peace is given, and we can receive it down in our spirit. Amen and amen. So increasing in the knowledge of God and becoming fully persuaded in all areas of our inheritance in Christ Jesus is a process. I think some people want to, you know, go beyond the process and get to their wealthy place just because they're a Christian. Well, the wealthy place is available, but getting there oftentimes is a process. When I talk about wealth, I'm talking about wealth in your spirit, wealth in your soul, wealth in your body, wealth in your finances, wealth in your relationships. But it is a process. Not only in divine health, but also in divine prosperity. It does not happen overnight. But oh, thank God we can consistently grow and we can increase. And the process begins by renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it tells us, And be not conformed where? Be not conformed to this world, to the world's way of thinking, to the world's way of doing. Be not conformed to this world system. But be transformed or be changed. How? By the renewing, not by the removing, but by the renewing of your mind. 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I like how Philip says it. He says it this way, don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. (laughs) But let God remold your minds from within. Again, it starts on the inside. Renewing the mind is a process. It's something that we continuously do. The message says this, and you don't need to pull it up. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. There's a ton of people that are just falling into the world's way to the way the culture is moving. Now, if you're a Christian, you could say, culture shock. I mean, there's so many things in the culture that are anti-Christ. That are not according to the word of God. And so he, he warns us here, don't get so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you will be changed from the inside to the outside. So renewing the mind causes us to increase in the knowledge of God and to be transformed. Now, I looked up the word renew in Strong's Dictionary. The word renew means renovation. When you say renew the mind, you could just as easily say, hey, your mind needs some renovation. Amen? Anybody ever gone through a renovation in their home? Or a remodeling of their home? Oh my goodness, we just had our our other bathroom upstairs uh, renovated and remodeled. It was a process. There were walls torn down. They were ripping out the old and putting in the new. There was a replacement. There was a reinforcement taking place. It happened in this building in which we sit. The place we are in right now used to be a movie theater. And there was a lot of things that need to be ripped out and torn down and replaced. Aren't you glad that the Lord helped us to do that? Now notice this. Renewing the mind is similar in that there are some things that may need to be removed from our thinking and replaced with the truth. A demolition, demolition, if you will, of some things we got from the world. A casting down of imaginations. A pulling down of strongholds. A removal of those things from the world and a replacement to the word of God in our thinking and in our mind. And when you're doing that, you are increasing in the knowledge of God day by day week by week, year by year, decade by decade. Amen. And I'll tell you what, it is worth the time invested. It's worth the time that you put into into the Word of God. It is worth you opening your Bible and letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. It is worth you taking a look at things that you used to think, do the things that you used to think and the way you used to act, does it align itself with the Word of God? And if it doesn't come in alignment with the Word of God, it needs to be torn down, it needs to be demolished, it needs to be completely removed out of our lives. And then replaced with the truth. Now what will the truth do? The truth, if you stay in it long enough, if you go through this mind renewal process, if you will just stick with it long enough, it will set you free. It will make you free. 
But not only will it make you free, but as you continue in it and stay with it, it'll keep you free. It'll keep you free. And freedom is a precious thing. We have been called to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Understand this, that once you get the word of God and you start getting revelation knowledge, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He uses afflictions, he uses persecutions, he uses the deceitfulnesses of riches, he uses the cares of this life, everything he can to keep you from going further on with the things of God. But you can put your stake in the ground and you can say, no, no, Mr. Devil, I have committed to Jesus, I have committed to a lifelong process of getting my head right (laughs) and keeping my mind right and keeping my soul right thinking right believing right and acting right amen that's what we're all about here say it with me and I shall know the truth and the truth keeps me free freedom's a precious thing oh thank God for freedom now you can't rely on someone else to do it for you You cannot rely on Kenneth Copeland to do this for you. You can't rely on Kenneth Hagin to do this for you. It's something that you must do for yourself. He said, choose you this day. Choose life. Choose the Word of God. Renew your head. Renew your mind with the Word of the living God. Can you say amen today? Glory to God. Amen. Now, increase. Everyone say increase Increase. to overflow. Wow. When I think about what the Lord has done for me, when I think about where I was and where I am now, I stand in amazement at the goodness of God. And you ought to be able to say the same thing. When I think about what God has done. When I look into the perfect law of liberty and I see what he has done for me and I see what I have experienced by meditating on God's word and being a doer of God's word, it'll make you shout. It'll make you to lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. You are so good to me. Amen. Has the Lord done anything good for you? Yes, he has. Amen. So when you're increasing in the knowledge of God, your mind is being renewed. And here's the other thing that I believe. I believe that there is a connection between increase, breakthrough, and overflow. Say this with me. Increase, breakthrough, and overflow. (laughs) I believe this, that increasing in the knowledge of God will cause breakthrough and overflow of the blessings of God in your life. Revelation knowledge, here's what will happen. The Bible will become a different book to you. It will not just be something that's decorative and that we have on our coffee table. But we'll come to a place where we know that this is God speaking to me. It'll become a different book. 
And this is why I exhort you daily to pray Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 23 over your life. Pray it over your life. Pray it daily. When you pray it daily, you'll begin to see things differently. You'll see things from God's point of view and from God's perspective. Well, somebody says, I don't know what Ephesians 1, 18 through 23 says. Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's what you can pray daily. I pray that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and, the re- and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of my understanding or my heart being enlightened or the eyes of my spirit being flooded with light that I may know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, that I may come to a place of understanding what his plan and his purpose for my life is. Every one of you are called that I may know what is the hope of his calling. And notice this and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints are. So this is talking about your inheritance, who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, and where you are in Christ. And notice verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places where far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all do you receive that So here's what the spirit of wisdom and revelation will do. It'll open our eyes to see the unlimited possibilities of God. A breakthrough in revelation enables us to see what God sees. Amen? Say with me, a breakthrough in revelation enables me to see the possibilities of God of God. How many of you know that there's nothing impossible with God? I need to see the possibilities of God. I need to see the unlimited resources of my heavenly Father. Amen. Now, here's the definition of a breakthrough. Breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Anybody got any obstacles in your way? Well, a breakthrough will enable you to go through the obstacle. Another definition of breakthrough is an instance of passing through a barrier. Going through a barrier. That's breakthrough. That's experiencing the overflow, the goodness of God. Amen. And I like this as well. Breakthrough also means a sudden advance, especially in knowledge. Ooh, hallelujah. Just put your hand over your heart and pray this right now. God, my Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, 
Give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Now, when this happens, you can expect to hear from God. As you are in the word of God, you can expect the spirit of God to speak to you about what you are reading. But not only that, you can expect the Spirit of God to talk to you about your current situation. You can expect His wisdom to be granted unto you so that you can know exactly what you should do, exactly what you shouldn't do. Wisdom will give you the answers that your heart has been calling out for. In other words... All of a sudden, the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. The entrance of His Word, the revelation of His Word, the revelation that comes from the Spirit of God helps you to attain and to see exactly what you need to do. I mean, He'll speak to you. He'll talk to you. You know what else He'll do? He'll encourage you. He will tell you things like, you don't need to be so hard on yourself. You don't need to live under that cloud of condemnation any longer. He'll encourage you by these truths that your past is history and you must let it go. That's revelation. He is such an encourager. He is such a uh, consoler. He is such a comforter. I mean, in our time of need, when we feel like we're alone, He'll remind us that He'll never leave us, that He'll never forsake us. You know what He'll do? He'll wrap His loving arms around you and saturate you with His comfort and with His peace. You know what else he'll do? He'll give you a word in season. He'll give you a word in season for yourself. Because we go through several seasons of our life, do we not? You know, I'm, I'm in a, a season of my life where I'm 72 years old. And I need a word in this season. The season I'm in is different than when I was 31. It's a different season. It's a good season. It's a wonderful season. But I need a word from Him in every season of my life. I need a word from Him in the seasons and in the phases of our church. And He will give us, He will give you a word in whatever season you're in. And it'll never be a bad word. Oh sure, He'll cause us to know that we need to make some adjustments, right? But when he tells us to make the adjustments, it's not to hurt us, it's to help us. So that we can be positioned to go through the seasons of life with great joy and great faith and great comfort. Say with me, the Spirit of the Lord will give me a word in season. Folks, this comes from and springs from praying that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light. Oh, hallelujah. 
I don't know that I can impress this upon you in my natural self, but just mark it down. This is vital for you to know. Now I've discovered this. Not only will he give us a word in the seasons of our life, but he'll give us a word for others in their season. He will give us a word for those who are weary. Come on. Weary in the season that they're going through. People that are fatigued. People that are just flat tired. The Holy Spirit will flood your spirit with light. And He will show you things. And He will lead you. He will prompt you to minister a word in season to a weary soul. And it doesn't have to be, thus saith the Lord. It doesn't have to be in Elizabethan English or anything like that. No, it can just be a word of, you know what? I'm praying for you. I know God's got some great things for you. I want you to know I'm standing with you. I love you. And the hand of the Lord is upon you for good. Isn't that a good word? I've had phone calls from friends over the years and just want to check in and see, how are you doing? How are things going? I can't tell you how much that means to me. And it means a lot to people when we show forth the life of God and the love of God to others. Amen? Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is on the inside of you. He's working with you in your life. And He'll work through you where other people are concerned. Glory to God. Oh, let's raise a hand and say, thank you, Lord. I'm available for a word in season. I'm available to be a vessel of honor. Woo, glory to God. So breakthroughs in revelation knowledge can cause you to experience overflow. Now the breakthroughs or actually the barriers that we run into are not because God's plan of redemption is deficient. The real barrier is a lack of knowledge in most people's case. In Proverbs 29 and verse 18, look at this verse in the Amplified. And I want you to read it with me. Ready, read. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, what happens? Now notice with me. Where there is no redemptive revelation of God. We're talking about no knowledge of our in Christ realities. No knowledge that we are the redeemed. No knowledge that we have been raised up together and made to sit together with Him. No redemptive revelation. No knowledge. This is what causes people to give up. This is what causes people to perish. But let's flip that around. Where there is a vision. I said where there is a vision. Where there is redemptive revelation. When you know that you know that you know that you're identified with Christ. When you know that you know that you are in Him and He is in you. Christ, the hope of glory, the people will prosper. If you want to prosper in life, make sure you keep getting revelation about your redemption. Amen? Mark Hankins said this. 
He said, every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in revelation, not necessarily new information. Some of you didn't get that. I'm going to read it again. Every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in revelation, not necessarily new information. Teacher, teacher, itch my ear. Tell me something new that I want to hear. God doesn't take people very often to the new unless they have honored the old and lived in it and walked in it. Mark goes on to say this, Every advance in fulfilling the call of God in our lives today comes from a breakthrough in the spirit of revelation knowledge. And then he said, revelation knowledge is where faith actually begins. And he said, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to work in your life, you will have to get beyond the, like this, the theological, the historical, the geographical, and the doctrinal perspectives of the Bible. And those things are good. He says, we'll have to enter into the realm of the inspirational where we know that the Bible is God speaking to us. Hallelujah. So breakthroughs belong to us. Breakthroughs in our spirit. Breakthroughs in our soul. Breakthroughs in our body. Breakthroughs in every area. Amen. God wants us to increase so much that we get to the point of overflow. Amen. Overflow means this. To fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. Amen. Now, if I have a cup up here, and uh, the cup is empty, and I've got a big, huge bottle of water, and I start pouring into that cup, we could say that that cup is experiencing increase on the inside of the cup, right? And if I keep pouring a little bit more, there's more increase. More is taking place. But if I, I just keep pouring... And pouring, and pouring, and pouring. If I'll just keep the Word of God going in, if I'll just keep shouting and praising God, if I'll just keep staying full of the Spirit, if I'll just keep renewing my mind, I keep pouring and pouring and pouring, it's going to get to the top. But oh, thank God, if you keep pouring, and you keep pouring, it's going to get into the area of overflow. Hallelujah. Overflow starts flowing in our lives. And so increase starts on the inside. But as you walk with God, as you do what you know need to do, as you keep pouring, praise God, things are going to get to a place of overflow. Say with me, increase happens on the inside. Overflow happens on the outside. Now, too many people want to experience overflow without going through the process of increasing. So I want to encourage you this morning to keep at it. Look at your neighbor and say, keep at it. Keep increasing day by day. Hallelujah. Overflow. Overflowing with the grace of God. Overflowing with divine health overflowing with the life of God 
Look at John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10. King James, first of all, say it with me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got his life. I've got his nature. And I've got his ability. I've got the life of God in me. I've got someone on the inside working on the outside. I've got the word of God on the inside. It's working on the outside. The life of God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, the word life there is zoe. Jesus said that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, that word abundantly means exceeding over and above. It means superabundance. It means more than more than enough. It does not mean just making it, but it means I'm making it plus. Amen? I'm making it plus. Now, we see a little bit further in the Amplified Version. Let's look at that verse. Let's go ahead and read that together. Ready, read. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, I looked up overflow and abundant in strongs. It means superabundant in quantity, superior in quality, and by implication, excessive. That's overflow right there. Now, look at Ephesians 3, verse 20. Look at Ephesians, the, the, the third chapter, the 20th verse. And notice this with me. He says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. To do excessively. To do more than more than enough. Our God is more than enough. We sang about it. He is Jaira. He's more than enough. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above. I like that, don't you? Above all that we can ask or think. But it is according to the power of God Working in us. Woo, man, that's far beyond sufficient and adequate. That's more than more than enough. That's beyond measure. That's limitless. That's exceeding. And that is surpassing. And I love how the psalmist put it. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? You're a little quiet today. Somebody shout amen. amen. Someone give God some praise today. Let's all lift our hands right now. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's give him praise. The exceeding, the abundantly overflow in your life. Overflow, overflow of grace, overflow of life, overflow of healing, overflow of prosperity. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Say with me, I'm living in the overflow. That's what I'm speaking over your life every day. Now, if you look at the whole 23rd Psalm, wow, what a psalm it is. It's a whole lot more than poetry. It's a revelation. 
It's a whole lot more than a psalm you read at a funeral. And it works at a funeral. It's wonderful. But David got this by inspiration from the Spirit of God. As he was waiting on God, as he was tending to the sheep, and he got this revelation, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And he said, I shall not want. Say it with me, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack for strength, for the Lord is the strength of my life. I shall not want for joy, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. I shall not want for divine health, for the Lord is Jehovah Rapha. He is the one that heals me. I shall not want for direction, for He is directing my steps. Day by day. Say it real strong now. The Lord is. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. The Lord. He is. My shepherd. I shall not want. For righteousness. For he is my righteousness. I shall not want for wisdom. For he is my wisdom. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want for peace. For he is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. Verse 2. And he makes me to lie down in green pastures. <laughs> Woo, aren't you glad he doesn't make us to lie down where there's nothing to feed on? He makes us to lie down in green pastures. And what kind of waters does he lead us by? He leads us by the still waters. He doesn't lead us by the turbulent waters. He leads us beside the still waters. Woo, hallelujah. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I can be still in my soul. I can let things be and be still and know that he is my God. And know that he is on my side. He leads you. He guides you beside the still waters. Amen. Folks, that's overflow. Glory to God. We might as well read the whole psalm. Verse 3. Are you ready? He restores my soul. I said he restores my soul. He restores my soul. My soul was gone. My soul was battered by drugs and by abuse. But when I came into the kingdom of God, when I came into the family of God, He took my soul and made it whole. He restored my soul. Hallelujah. And you may have been going through a rough time in your life. You may have been battered by some circumstances. But I want you to know, He is the restorer of your soul. He is the bishop of your soul. He gives you a peace that passes all understanding. He restores my soul. I'm going to tell you right now, if anybody's soul is going to be restored, it's going to be my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Hallelujah. 
He restores the soul of those that have been through COVID-19. He restores the soul of the body of Christ that went through hell in 2020 and 2021. He restores the soul of His body. He restores the soul of His people. And I believe that He's going to restore the soul of this nation. This nation is going to turn. This nation is going to stand for righteousness. He's restoring our soul. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. We've got to restore. Woo! Glory to God. Say with me, He restores my soul. And He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Listen, because the Lord is your shepherd, you don't have to miss it. We've all made mistakes in the past, but the past is gone. Praise God, where you got it wrong in the past, you can make it right right now. Because He's leading you in the paths of righteousness. He's leading you down the right way for your life. Shout at me, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For His name's sake. I said glory to God. Come on, let's give Him praise. We didn't come here to sit up with the dead today. We came to lift up His name. We came to worship Him. We came to give Him glory in this place. Woo, glory to God. We might as well keep going. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will fear no evil. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His rod and his staff comforts me. Next verse. Thou Thou preparest a table right here where the enemy is. He prepares a six-course meal in the presence of our enemies. He's got a spread. He's got a table. There's healing on the table. There's joy on the table. There's righteousness on the table. There's wisdom on the table. He has prepared it. This table has been prepared. Now come to the table and eat. Come to the table and eat. Yeah, but the enemy's all around me. The enemy's under the table. He is under your feet. Come on, somebody. He's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And I'm telling you what he's doing in this day and this hour. He's anointing his children. He's anointing his sons. He's anointing the body of Christ. We shall be anointed with fresh oil for this day and this hour in which we live. We're not burning out. We're burning out. We have been anointed. Say it with me. I am anointed. With what kind of oil? Glory to God. But we don't want to forget this one. And my cup. My cup. My cup. My cup. It's running over. (laughs) The passion says you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink until my cup overflows. My brimming 
cup is running over. You served me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You have revived my drooping head. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. And my cup brims over with blessing. Listen, all we need, all you'll ever desire, is on the table already. And notice what the psalmist said. My cup, he didn't say it's half full. He said, my cup's running over. Don't, doesn't he know when the cup is full? Isn't it just enough for your cup to be full? No, he wants it to overflow. That's because our God is excessive. You look up in the sky in a clear night, there's too many stars. You go around the globe, there's too many bananas. All the human beings and all the monkeys in the whole world cannot even begin to scratch the surface of how many bananas there are. And I want you to know, we are not running out. We're not going to run out of fuel. We're not going to run out of finances. We are not going down. We are going over. Doesn't he know when the cup gets full? That's why he just keeps pouring. He keeps pouring. He keeps pouring. He keeps pouring. Why? Because he likes it. Amen. To where it's running over off the pulpit. Running over down the stairs. Running over down the hallway. Running over into your life. Running out out the door. Running out out the foyer. Running out onto Hesperian Boulevard. Running out toward the whole Bay Area. Our cup is running. Our cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. And we're going to dwell, we're going to live, we're going to abide in the house of the Lord forever. As Pastor Tom comes at my prayer for you is that you keep increasing more and more until your cup is running over and overflowing. Praise God. What do you say we just keep increasing? What do you say we experience some breakthroughs? Amen. What do you say we get more serious about God than we've ever been? And let's go into the overflow stage. Stand up, everybody. To God be the glory. We give you praise, Lord. Glory to God. Lift up your hands and say with me in the name above every name. I receive the word of the Lord today. And I declare that I will continue to renew my mind. I will continue to increase more and more. I purpose in my heart to grow in the knowledge of God and in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm living in the 23rd Psalm. Oh, say it strong. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not.